Welcome to the Vibe Lifter podcast. I'm Tish, one of the Reglan Food co-founders, and I'm here to help lift your vibe with inspiring stories from people out in their local communities doing good mahi. So settle in and let's meet our guest of the day. Today, we're chatting with Tanya Ashman from the Raglan Growers Market, an amazing social enterprise connecting local growers with local consumers. Hello, Tanya. It's lovely to have you here today. It's a privilege to be here. And a huge congratulations on being named a finalist in the Sustainable Business Awards. That's so cool. Thank you very much. (laughs) So tell me about the Raglan Growers Market. How did the initial idea come about and what problem were you trying to solve? Right. So over two years ago, Whaingaroa Environment Centre was given some funding through the Ministry of Social Development to look at food resilience in Whaingaroa. And we did a series of community hui called Kai in the Community mm-hmm. and a whole variety of interviews with different people as well. And what came together from the community was people wanted more food grown locally. Mm. They wanted more education and just wanted more supply of food as well. Yes. And so looking at all those things and looking at a number of programs that uh, the Whaingaroa Environment Centre was already doing, we thought, yay, Mm. we're on track. Mm -hmm. And then also we had Charlie, Charlie Young. Yes. Yes. I know him. And he was very excited about wanting to start a grower's market. So he gave a little bit of encouragement and energy through the Destination Management Organisation. Mm-hmm. And so they're one of our collaborators. Yeah. And we started it. Amazing. We so did when, it. when was that? When when was the first market held? So we're 23. So it was October 22. Yeah. So it's really yeah. been going for nearly a year. Yes. Yeah. Yes. Yeah, and we started it definitely at the wrong time. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> so we, the challenges to start with were it was a drought. Oh, yes, of course. And then when the rain came, it was a, a storm. Yep. And we also had to close down because of COVID restrictions. Oh. So we had a whole month off. So there was lots of challenges. And when yes. we got to the end, we realised it still worked mm. and it was worth continuing. Mm. So last year, 2022, yeah. we started in October again, and this time it was a lot more straightforward without yep. having to close and do all the yeah all that stuff. <laughs> it was a lot more straightforward and fantastic. People started to know that we were there. We've got loyal customers who keep coming back. We've yep. got loyal, fantastic stallholders mm. who work together, I think, what I really loved this last season was actually seeing the stallholders really work together mm. and it really has a feel of this is a growers market for the community by the community. Mm. We have Time Bank, yes, Raglan, and they are some of my most important volunteers and they help set up and pack up. Yep. And the other thing that's really exciting about the growers market is little venture. It was a experiment yes. of having a community stall. Ah. So the idea about the community stall was to 
make available to people who maybe just wanted to try what it was like being a seller. And test it out. Test it out. Or they had a little bit of a surplus from their backyard. Mm. You know, that fruit tree that was um, very abundant or something, or the um, pumpkins I think we had a lot Mm -hmm. of last last time. And they could sell it at the community stalls. So the idea is that people come along and the sellers sort it out themselves about who's going to have what break and Mm -hmm. who's going to staff the stall. And it's just fantastic. They're so friendly. Most of the time they all stay there just Just chatting chatting. (laughs) and enjoying the space. That's been really lovely just seeing community get in behind that. How often does it actually run? The market? Yeah. Oh, yeah, we didn't even talk about that, did we? I know it's Fridays. It's on Fridays. Mm -hmm. And just shout out now, but there's um, we start back on the 29th of September. Yes. And it's a short, sharp market. It starts at 5 o'clock, goes Mm -hmm. till Mm 7. There was a lot of thought putting into when we held the market. So we wanted to be available to provide food for people who were going away for the Mm. weekend, but also for visitors who were coming here for the weekend. So that's why it's on a Friday. It also doesn't clash. Some of our stallholders are committed to other Yes, other markets. Other Mm. markets, farmers' markets. So it doesn't clash with them. And uh, short and sharp, which also the growers' market has a strong commitment to supporting our food growers. Yes. So short and sharp means that they still can get back to their gardens. go and have dinner. (laughs) Go and have dinner. (laughs) And and it hasn't taken up Mm. a whole day. So that's a good call. We think it's pretty special actually that we've um, pulled those times off. Yeah. And also on Friday evening, there's a few people who love to come down, enjoy Itai's falafel or, yes, or Sasha's at Kaiwaka mm-hmm. and hang around. Yep. Yeah. Well, it's a bit of a social community thing yeah. too. So what do you find at the growers market just for, for listeners who haven't been? What What's the kind of selection you're looking at? What's the selection? We've got really friendly people. Yes. Good. <laughs> Check. Check. <laughs> and uh, so we have Shai from Ruapuki Gardens mm-hmm. and he has a great selection of um, locally grown food. We have Sylvia and her crew and that is a range of grown food in Pataranga and also she's a forager so she forages and brings those that collection of food mm. to sell as well so that'll be grown food lots of fruit avocados so mm. that's yeah the avocados are great so talking about avocados we have raglan avocados yes jonathan yes jonathan cutting and his wife i don't need to say anything about the avocados, which they're is amazing, stunning. aren't they? They're stunning. <laughs> they're we huge. have cues. You we compare have them to the ones from the supermarket, and you just hold them up side by side, and you're like, "Wow, this is like a super avocado." They haven't travelled. No, they're they as haven't local been as it picked gets. over and squeezed. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so they're, they're perfection. And do you have things like eggs and honey, or is it mainly fruit and vegetable focused? Mainly fruit and vegetables. Um, we do have honey. Uh, raglan avocados sell honey. Mm-hmm. Sometimes we have raglan apiaries are there. Chanel sells um, lovely honey. Sometimes there's other stallholders that might sell honey. Um, eggs. Well, we know the eggs have been on short supply. Yes. And the eggs sell very quickly. So there's a call out if you're thinking about increasing your flock. 
please do it. Because we can sell <laughs> Right. <laughs> well, it sounds like a great selection. And what, um, what impact have you noticed it having within the local community? How have people responded to it? Really positively. We've mm-hmm. got lots of customers, as I said before, a good number of vendors. Yes. We've got some lovely good news stories. Mm. So um, we had Bee from um, Foraged in Raglan. Yes. And when she started out, um, she wasn't a business and right. she was just testing the water. And now she's very successful and she's doing lots of farmer's markets wow. and she's got all these beautiful pickles and things like that. And sadly, she hasn't got quite enough time for us, but it's success. So it's kind She's of launched a, her business in a way. It's launched her business. Mm. So we can celebrate that. We have some people who are testing the water by doing baking. And oh, we've got yes. Emma with her beautiful oh, yes, cakes. cakes. Gosh, those are good. And that's a start for her yep. as well. What's lovely about the growers market is that we have, we can accommodate small vendors. Mm. We can accommodate casual. Yes. And if you just really, really just got a couple of buckets of citrus or, mm. or yeah, check out the community store. So, yes, you can still contribute. Yeah. I think that's great. You don't have to be sort of a full scale grower <laughs> to participate in it. Yeah. And uh, we've kept our fees pretty low. Yes. To encourage that. So we really try and support our growers. So wonderful. And do you think that the growers market is a model that other communities could easily adapt? Has has anyone asked you about it yet or have you sort of seen other people doing something similar? So when people look at us, they most probably think we're the same as a farmer's market. And, Mm. and, you know, from a distance we are, but because we are supporting the growers and it is really for the community, by the community. Mm. So yes, it could be copied. I think it works really well in Raglan because of the calibre of our people here and their desire to make things work and to work together. Mm. And people are quite entrepreneurial here. Yes, we do have a lot of entrepreneurs here. It's great. But not not in a nasty competitive way. No, in a really supportive way. So I think it's a great model and I'd like to see it in in other spaces. Uh, Where we differ from a farmer's market is we do allow neighbours to sell on behalf of each other. Mm. Whereas farmer's markets, you You have to man the store. Yeah. 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 So because we're a small community, we still think that that provides that sense of connection to the yes. farmers because we everyone knows everyone. Yes. Mm. <laughs> well, they're doing Raglan for sure. <laughs> <laughs> and what are your thoughts on food resilience and food sovereignty? I, I know these are topics on the minds of communities around the world. Yeah. And definitely at the moment, we've had a rough year with, um, well, people are saying it's not climate change, Mm. climate's, it's happened. Mm. So how do we make ourselves more resilient? How do we mitigate some of our human beings' effect on the climate? Which all these things also contribute to our food resilience. So um, my job at um, Whaingaroa Environment Centre, and I'm so privileged to be there, is to look at how we can increase our food resilience. So mm. I, I talk about food sovereignty yes, because that's actually sort of a worldwide movement 
And one of my heroes is, um, and I've got her book here, Mm. so is um, Jessica Hutchings. And the first book I read of hers was Tamahi Mara Hua Parakore, a Maori food sovereignty handbook, she she titles it. And I'd suggest um, that people read it. Mm. And uh, we've got a couple of copies at Whangaroa Environment Centre, so you can come and borrow it. And uh, she introduces food sovereignty and it is part of La Via Capucina. It's an international movement and she introduces it and puts it into lovely language for us. Mm. And it has six pillars of food sovereignty. So Mm. I always think about food sovereignty as where is the power? Who's got the power? Mm, who's, who's controlling the who's food? Who's controlling the food? Who's yes. controlling the food systems? So with um, food sovereignty, we're looking at the six pillars of food sovereignty mm. and we focus on food for people. Yeah. So food. that makes sense. Mm. Yeah, food for people. It's not to make money. No. It's food for people. Just to sustain people. Yeah. We value the food providers. So yes. who's who's growing the food? Are mm. they being looked after in our mm. current food systems? Are they being valued? Mm. We also think about localizing food systems. So where's our food grown? You know, can we keep it more local? Yes. And also who controls those food systems? So put that control local mm. as much as possible. And then um, the other pillar that we look at is building knowledge and skills. Yeah. Yeah. So I love it because I get to do workshops and education, yes. but I love doing it because everyone's an expert in their area, so yes. we can share that, that share knowledge. knowledge. And work with nature. So, mm. yeah, mm. so trying to work with nature rather than against nature. So start talking about how we restore the land, how we have regenerative practices, yes. how do we leave the land better than we found it. So those are the six pillars mm. of food of sovereignty. Food sovereignty. Wow. And I think... I'm really lucky because I can work with those. Yeah, <laughs> they all sound fantastic. Yeah. And so <laughs> it the- would change it would change everything if we all followed those with how we do food. Because if you look at the way that a supermarket treats suppliers, it's definitely not always in their best interest. It's you know I need it to look this way, I need it to be grown this fast, I need this many of it for this price. You know, it's it's mm. super transactional. And there's a lot of waste as well, which, you know, you would be well aware of (laughs) within the food system. So many vegetables that never make it to shelves because they're not perfect enough. So, yeah, that's really cool what you're doing there. And for you personally, what's been the most fulfilling part about being involved in a project like this? I just um, love seeing people have access to really good quality vegetables, Mm. but it's also seeing the relationships between people and the fact that they wanted this to work. Yes. And um, having fun celebrating some of our our vegetables that we grow here. So, yeah, it's been awesome. Mm. Is there anything that we're particularly well suited for growing in Whangaroa and Raglan? Are there certain things that grow really well here? So... Liz Stanway, who's mm. an expert in Whangaroa growing, she says that there's a variety of soils and yep. and she's really good at knowing where the different soils are and we also have some amazing microclimates. Mm. So coming from Kirikiriroa, Hamilton, mm. Mm. the things that fascinate me and when I 
or I'm already starting to plant on my property here, mm. are things like bananas. Yeah, so bananas. more the tropical, the tropical fruits, so mm. um, casimora. So we, we can grow the taro. So mm. we've got a lot more variety that we can grow. But then we've got all these microclimates, so mm. there's still the frosts. And, yes. and so we can still grow some of the colder vegetables or mm. fruit as well. So. It's quite diverse. It's really diverse. I remember being really surprised when I went to Crop Swap, which is a, another event here in Raglan locally, where you can trade excess produce with each other, and it's fantastic. And yeah, when people brought out things like bananas, I think one guy even had a mango at some point. I was like, "Wow, we can grow those here!" You just wouldn't expect it because it's not exactly you know tropical <laughs> temperature all the time. That's what's really exciting about um, Fangro, and our history shows that we used to grow a lot more food here locally mm. and we sold it locally too. So we can do it. Yeah, we're just bringing it back. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> What's a go-to vegetable for you? What's something you love to grow in your garden at home? Oh, we've got a um, little less than a quarter acre in town, mm-hmm. so in Kirikiriro, and we've got a quarter acre out here. So yes. eventually we're going to be transferring over to here. Yeah, very nice. And uh, we try and grow all our broccolis and leafy greens mm-hmm. and root vegetables. And, yep, yeah, so we eat out of our garden. So it's And I have eggs and beehives as well. Oh, Ch- wow. Chicks and beehives as well and You've lots of fruit covered. trees. So we've got it. Yeah, I love it. That's so nice. And there's plenty to give away and that's great. Um, my go-to this this year has been I have thoroughly enjoyed Yakon. Ah, the old Yakon. Yes. That is something I never really think of <laughs> using, well, but it is really nice if you if you do it well. Well, we've we've rediscovered it. Yeah, so what are you putting it in? Well, we're eating it raw. Okay. Using it as an alternative to water chestnut and stir fries because okay. it's got mm-hmm. that sweet. Yep. Yeah. It can be chopped up and popped in for dip. Mm-hmm. I love roast vegetable medleys. Mm. And if you throw yakon in that, you've got all these starchy vegetables mm. and then you've got this juicy sweet vegetable that's a real complimentary. Yeah, so it sort of balances it out. Yeah, yeah. Choco can do the same too, yes, which choco, is another. That's another. Choco, <laughs> choco. <laughs> My friend, oh, you probably know Bixie. Oh, uh, Bixie. She's yes, very zine. passionate about chocos. <laughs> she made a whole sort of zine book about yes. all these ways you could use a choco because it's a, it's a humble and overlooked vegetable, I think. It is, and I've thoroughly enjoyed celebrating choco with um, Bixie. Yes. <laughs> One of the things about food resilience and climate change, mm. and if we're wanting to restore our soils, yes. is actually rethinking about some of the crops that we mm. are used to. And the ones in the supermarket are bred for monoculture mm. and, you know, uniformity yes. and easy harvesting. So then when we start thinking, what are some other things that we could Use. Yes, because they're so stock standard at the supermarket. You've yep. just got all the same. It doesn't matter yep. which supermarket you go into, it's the same vegetables. Whereas then you start learning about all these other quirky ones out there and, you know, and they're all really nutritious. They are. And often they're not enjoyed by the supermarket because they don't travel well. Yes. They look strange. They don't store as well. Mm. So that's why they're not um, high on the list. 
But there's lots of opportunities out there. There's Yakon, there's Choco we were talking about, there's water chestnuts, there's taro, Jerusalem artichokes. Oh, yes. I'm learning so much. So there's lots more. But I think um, rethinking about some of those staples Mm. and what, what are some other crops that we might be more suitable for climate change. Yes, for the land that mm. we actually have and where mm. we are. Yeah. Mm. Oh, I like it. You mentioned that book already, which sounds great. Any other resources or books or talks or even documentaries or anything that you found particularly interesting that other people might be able to check out? I'm going to do a shout out for our Seed Araha stand. Oh, yes. So the Seed Araha stand, it's like all the other Araha Mm. stands. And what's wonderful about this is it's an opportunity for people to get some little packets of seeds. It's not a huge amount and experiment. Mm. And the stand is outside Whangaroa Environment Centre on Bow Street at the... um, The town hall. Town hall. Thank Mm you. And we have seed sorters who come yes. and they put the seeds in the little packets mm. that are folded, which you might have seen at Crop yes. Swap, those magnificent little folded packets. And so you can pick up a selection of seeds there for nothing. There's wow. a little bit of information up there about what's suitable to sow now. Mm. And people are really enjoying that. So we buy seeds from King Seeds. We're also encouraging people to learn about seed saving yes. and give us their abundance so that we can redistribute yes. them. That's a whole topic in itself, it is. isn't it? Seed it saving. Is. We do do education around seed saving yeah. and seed sowing as well. Mm. Because it is quite beautiful. What I've learned, and I don't know very much, but from the documentaries I have watched about seed saving, a lot of large companies kind of own the IP of seeds now. Yeah. So the individual grower, you know, who's been collecting their seeds for years, they're sort of at risk of even lawsuits and things from these larger companies who don't want them growing something similar to what they now have a patent on. And there's just something so strange about the idea that a company can own the right to creating food, you know, to an yes. extent like the, yes. the ownership of a seed, which is just sort of, it's like a gift from nature, you know. And yeah, what are your thoughts on on seeds and that whole sphere? Oh, you've really opened up. Yeah. <laughs> I just thought, oh, you're going to have some interesting thoughts about um, this. <laughs> I think it's really important that we're able to know the whakapapa of our seeds. Yes. And to protect future generations of those seeds. So, you know, um, it's great to know the whakapapa of yourself and Mm. be able to protect the future generations. And it is the same with our seed. When there is seed that has a deleting gene in it so it can't reproduce... So that uh, seed can be resold to farmers. Yes, every year, every and they're year. sort of locked into needing yeah. to buy it. Yeah, I'd say that that's criminal. Mm, it does <laughs> seem that way, doesn't it? There's just something feels fundamentally wrong about that. Yeah, <laughs> it's different if you're creating a food product to sell, you know. But this mm. is the actual, the heart the base, of it. The it's basis the, of life. Yeah, <laughs> the basis of nutrition for for everyone around the world. Mm. Yeah, it's mm. a really interesting topic, but. Maybe maybe we need to get you back <laughs> to talk look. more about that. And where would people find more information about the Raglan Growers Market? So I mean, they can come along. It's on Stewart Street. It's on Fridays at, um, at starts, 5 o'clock. Starts at the end of September. Yes, end of September and sort of run right through all of summer, yes, I guess, and yes. probably wrap up again in winter. Yes, we'd love it to be all year, mm. but we mightn't have quite enough resources to achieve that yet. Yes. 
yet. So where do they find out more about it? So they can go on the Whangaroa Environment Centre page. Uh, yes. Mm-hmm. There'll be posters up. Yep. Raglan Notice Board on uh, Facebook yes, is quite good. Yes, the Notice always good. You can find out everything on there. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, they can contact me. So that's mm-hmm. food at whaingaroa.org.nz. Oh, that's great. So if anyone has questions, they can reach out directly. No, that's perfect. Oh, thank you so much, Tanya. Yeah, for your time and for sharing your passion and and everything that you've created with the Raglan Growers Market and the whole team there. It's really special and it's a really lovely thing to have in the community. I'm sure people really appreciate that that option's there now. You can actually go get some fresh local produce rather than getting something from the supermarket that's been shipped from miles away. So, yeah, I think it's really fantastic. Thank you so much. Thank you. Thanks for listening to the Vibe Lifter podcast. We hope that tuning into this interview has lifted your vibe. Check out raglanfoodco.com to learn more about the people and projects we're stoked to be supporting. A body's a true hobby, the one to shake the sun and don't do With the dish that you played